The PSAs you hear on Miller and Condon and iHeartMedia Des Moines are presented in part by Nick Mick. We take care of our own. Now, here's Miller and Condon. Des Moines Sports Station, 1460 KXNO and 106.3 FM. In about oh, 25 minutes or so, we'll uh, get our friend Dave Sproul in here from KASI in Ames. Take a look at Oklahoma and Iowa State. Uh, Iowa State had a couple, of, well, the entire Big 12 Conference announced a couple of December dates for conference play uh, in the Big 12. Uh, we'll get into that as well. Claxton's Barbecue giveaway, and uh, Trent and I will make our picks. Mitch uh, Holt is just texted back apologizing he couldn't make it this week. He got called into an urgent Zoom call. Don't know what that is. Don't want to speculate, but he apologizes. We'll get him next Friday at our normal time. Good stuff. Well, I knew it had to be something Mm because Mitch is uh, very, very dependable. Anyway, so is Bama Bob, and he's here uh, as we preview on Fridays with Bama. Trent and Bama Bob go around college football previewing Friday. We do the same on Monday in a recap fashion. Hello, Bama. Trent and Ken, how are you? I'm doing great, Kenny. How are you? Doing pretty well, Bama. Thanks for coming on. And a lot of ground to cover, so let's get right into it. You know, when we were, I was looking at the slate of games. Boy, oh boy, it's hard to find. What I mean, what's the best game in the ACC this week, guys? Um, <laughs> it's a struggle. It really is. Trying to find one game. I mean, Clemson plays Virginia. Is it maybe North Carolina and Boston College? It's not That's a very shiny slate. With- I'm going to go with that one in terms of competitiveness, Ken. Um, I think the two best teams in the conference, as we've talked about, are North Carolina and, and Clemson. Mm-hmm. I, you know, Virginia and, and, and at Clemson, I just now again no fans, so maybe that helps them a little bit. Probably, obviously, helps Virginia some, but I don't know how competitive that's going to be. Um, so, yeah, I mean, for my money. And not that I'm putting any on it, I would have to say it's it's got to be you know North Carolina going up to Boston College, BC two and zero, haven't really beaten anybody, you know Duke and Duke Texas and, State. Yeah, Duke's, yeah. Duke's awful, yeah. um, much worse than I thought this year. Me and, too. You know, t- and struggle with Texas State last week by field goal, but um, yeah, probably. But other than that, there's just with Miami not playing, not not much happening. Yeah, Notre Dame's off this week. Yeah, um, yeah, I'm with you. I mean, uh, Trent, is there one game in the ACC that moves your needle? Not me. No, I think you named the one that at least yeah. looks somewhat compelling. Does Virginia do anything? That's strange. They're What's mirroring the their basketball program. Yeah, just how boring it is to yeah. watch them. And they're just they've been good. Had a run a couple years ago. They they've been pretty good, but it's not an exciting brand of of football and. There's a lot of those teams. Just that middle of the ACC, Bama, year after year, yeah. it's so difficult to differentiate between an NC State and a Virginia and a Duke. Yeah, It's it's that middle that I think a lot of times also hurts just the way that we look at that conference as a whole. Yeah, and Miami's been spotty. You know, we think, mm-hmm. oh, they're back, and they're not back. Mm-hmm. Um, Florida State's been a train wreck. Um, Virginia, Virginia Tech, like you said, up and down. Wake Forest really is, you know, kind of, you know, six and six is probably their ceiling, it seems, most years. And, yeah, you're right. I mean, this it, it's just been so dominated. And, and, you know, Clemson's not only been so great in that conference, but just 
nationally. I mean, there's there's just such a gulf between them and, really and the second-best team. And I know they've had a couple of scares sometimes. I mean, North Carolina was, what, two-point conversion away from, from knocking them off last yep. year. And, they've you know, Syracuse has had a, mm-hmm. a couple of years ago a little uprising. You thought, oh, maybe they can challenge, and here they come. And, you know, now they're not. So, yeah, that, that conference to me is – they they really need – well, Florida State's so far away, I don't even think they're on the radar. They They need a team – like a North Carolina, and they, I think they really need Miami, who is still a national name, mm-hmm. to to really be back, quote unquote, and 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 you know compete with Clemson year in and year out. And at least at least can we have a conference game in that com- you know a game in that conference that we think, man, this one this one's in the balance here. Right. You know, maybe Clemson's favored by four or five, but that's about it. And um, you know. I think they're going to be double-digit favorites, two touchdown favorites, probably in every game they play this year, and that's just not what you want as a conference. No, I'm with you, Bama. Uh, Pitt's good this year. At least we think they're good. Their defense yeah. is good, uh, but but we'll see. Um, you know, let, let, let's move on. Bama, I'm going to ask you, since Trent and I have been talking about it for the most part all week, just your thoughts on, uh, on Oklahoma paying a visit to Iowa State. Iowa State plays defense in a league that really is not known uh, by, by any yeah. means for their defense. Um, Oklahoma, they got beat last week. Uh, Iowa State, if it would have, should have last year. Uh, in Norman, should have picked them off. That was uh, coming off a, a K State beat uh, beat down as well. Um, your thoughts on that game? Yeah, I'm I'm intrigued by this one, Ken. I know Oklahoma's a touchdown favorite, and maybe they should be talent wise. And and listen, if they'd have won last week, I think that line would probably be up closer to fourteen. Um, but I think Iowa State's got a chance. I mean, I think not just a puncher's chance. I think they have a real chance. You mentioned the game last year. I mean, they just really went toe to toe with Oklahoma in Norman, and like you said, coulda, woulda, shoulda in that game. I'm kind of tossing out the the not that you can, you know, the the win, the the loss. I'm sorry against Louisiana. That you know, special teams. I think let them down in that Mm -hmm. game. I thought their defense played pretty well across the board. Wasn't great at TCU last week, but. Look, you came out with a win, and look, I, I think Hall is going to really have to have a big game. I think he's I think going to have to run the ball. Um, I love the quarterback matchup with Rattler and, and, and Brock Purdy. I mean, you, you've heard me talk about Purdy before. I just I love the kid's competitiveness. I, you know, he'll stand in, he'll take a hit. Um, I, I just I, I've been a big fan of his watching, and you know, it, it's a shame again. And, and you know, there's a couple of games this week, and we'll get to some of them later that that. You know, the world we're living in right now is just really taken away. I mean, this would be a great environment oh, in, in Ames, Iowa, yes. at night, ABC, Oklahoma. To, and listen, again, I think I think this is I think this is more of a three point, four point game. I'd be surprised if it if it's a runaway um by Oklahoma. I mean, I don't think Iowa State can run away. But where's Oklahoma's head? And I think that's gonna be are, are they gonna be you know, tick, I still don't know how they lost that game uh, last oh. week. I mean, that was just the most stunning result on the on the calendar last week was how they just collapsed against Kansas State. And now, are, is their confidence shaken? This is where coaches come in, and you know, you got to put they put it behind them. They, they're they're hearing everything that every that we're saying, and not us, but everybody is saying. Well, you know, look, they're out of it. You know, no mm-hmm. no college football playoff. They're ranked twentieth. They can't get back in and. So where where are they after two weeks in the season coming into a really dangerous game? And um, listen, I'm going to be tuned in. I'm going to have it locked and loaded. I'm going to be flipping between that one and another one in the SEC yeah, about me that too. time. Yeah. But uh, 
but yeah, this, this is a fun game, and I, I think this has got all the makings of a of a really close game because I think Iowa State can and will uh, go toe to toe with Oklahoma in this one. Well, Trent, let's talk about that other game Bam is referring to, and that is uh, Auburn and Georgia, uh, oldest rivalry in the SEC. The coaches are going back and forth this week. Um, <laughs> yeah, I love it. I, I do too. I, I Trent, I think this has got a chance to. I mean, I. I can make a case for both teams, mm-hmm. not knowing if Daniel's going to play for Georgia or not. Right, and and we still await the official decision there. They, Mathis, he's going to be good probably eventually, but he wasn't ready. And yeah. Stetson Bennett, little dude out there <laughs> yep. running around. People look at the seven five first half against Arkansas, mm-hmm. bad Arkansas team. Yeah, um, Arkansas team has one SEC game in three years, but. They still came back, and depending where you got the number, roared away. Trent, they pulled away. Yeah, they weren't able to run the football early on. They figured that out year after year. Georgia, they recruited at a higher level than Auburn. I've heard so much love for Auburn this week—a very workmanlike victory against Kentucky. And I like that Kentucky team. I think it's gone too far, though. I just think Georgia's the better mm-hmm. side. They're going to have it figured out, regardless of the quarterback situation. I still think they're going to be able to run the football and win this game. Point spread, that does make it a little bit more interesting, but certainly I think Georgia walks away with the victory. How about you, Bama? Uh, I'm going to have to go against you here, Trent. Right. JT Daniels doesn't play. I don't think Georgia has a chance because they were – listen, Arkansas is putrid, okay? And it took them – that 7-5, to five, if they play the way they did against Arkansas, they're going to be down 21 points against Auburn. I mean, because Auburn is so much better. Um I, I think Daniels will play. I think he's practicing. I haven't heard anything. That, you know, Kirby's playing. He's been cleared. He's the, been cleared. And he has been cleared. We know that. But, you know, you know, Smart is doing the, the old coach, you know, the coach speak thing. Hughes Mel's on of it. But it's, you know, oh, he's looked good. And, you know, we're just going to have to evaluate him. And I think Auburn's preparing for him to play. I think he will play. I'd be surprised if he didn't. If he doesn't, I think Georgia's in big trouble. Not that Auburn's a great team, but they have enough. And especially with Bo Nix, um, listen, they Georgia's defense again. I know they had Felipe Franks at Arkansas last week. Um, you know the Florida transfer, but man, this this Georgia's defense is good, but Bo Nix can make some plays. Daniels has to play, and this is the other game, Ken. Where listen, normally this game is is late in, you know, in early November. It's usually a 2:30 CBS because uh, you know it's the week after Alabama LSU to have a night. These two teams be playing a night game. Uh, all the history, the two greatest running backs I think in the history of this conference, and Herschel mm. Walker and Bo Jackson. All mm. the history in this series, and to be able to have this game at night without what I mean, I, I guess there'll be a 20 percent capacity in the stands. Is that what it is? That. It, yeah. Yeah, it's it's a real shame that this place is just not going to be jammed because this game is rarely at night when both teams are ranked because of the the two thirty window. But um, again, to me, the whole thing keys on Daniels. If Daniels plays, I like Georgia. If he doesn't, or if he's not effective, uh, I like Auburn. Hmm. Trent, let's uh, let's stay in the SEC and let's stay in the SEC. South Carolina uh, picked off by Tennessee and Columbia earlier uh, last Saturday. Uh, Florida, a lot of folks think it's Florida. Um, you know, that Florida's going to be the one that comes out on top to place for an SEC championship. Your thoughts on that one? Well, I will be playing this game uh-huh. a little bit later on. But in our picks? Yes, that is one of my picks this week. But if you have not seen Kyle Pitts play, mm. looking for something on 11 o'clock, find your way there. This kid is fun yep. to watch. That hybrid tight end position. He's that football's next great tight end. Trend. Yeah. 
I really believe that. I don't think it's over-the-top hyperbole. I really don't. Bammy, your thoughts on that one? Yeah, I think the Florida fans are going to be looking at both sidelines and, you know, just praying toward whoever they pray to and giving thanks because, you know, they're going to look at the other side and see Will Muschamp and look back (laughs) on some really, you know, some pretty bad years, and they're going to go look at now who they have on their side and Dan Mullen, and they're they're just going to, you know, be thankful that they got him, that they could pry him away from Mississippi State because it, he, it hasn't taken long, guys, for him to really turn this thing around. I was at the Peach Bowl a couple of years ago when they when they just rolled Michigan, and they it's Georgia is the hurdle they haven't been able to get over. Uh, and I'm with Trent. I think this is the year they do it. I see the numbers at 17-and-a-half. Um, that might be a little high. South Carolina really in a pretty – and what was a really good game last it week was, at Tennessee? Yeah. Lo- lo- you know, loses uh, to Knox. Um, sorry to to Tennessee at home. Um, physical game. Uh, you know, we saw Florida just kind of roll. Ole Miss struggled on defense mm-hmm. a little bit. Um, Matt gave Carrasco up thirty five better than I thought he was going to be. Yeah, absolutely. Um, but again, too much depth. Florida without three starters last week on defense that were game time decisions. And again, we talked about it. Are you, how much? How many more of these are we going to have this year? You know, game time, game day. You know, can't play type things. But if Florida gets those three guys back, including Jeremiah Moon, who's a game wrecker, um, I think they cover it. But I, I'm I'm all over Florida this year. I'm sticking with them until, and especially Trask and Pitts. That is going to be a a deadly combination in that conference. No doubt about it. Let's do a Big 12 game, then we'll flip back to the uh, SEC. Uh, Trent, your thought? TCU, we saw them, different team with Duggan mm-hmm. under center. Texas, you know, Bama had talked about just the, the crazy comeback, the uh, K-State uh, coming back to beat Oklahoma. Texas coming back to beat. I mean, Texas Tech had them. They're up 15 with three minutes left. Home free. <laughs> Certainly seemed like it. Uh, TCU, Texas, Trent. Hard to uh, get a great read where Duggan's going to be, anticipate he's going to be the starter. And if that was just the clunker for Texas and they found a way to get the victory, something we've seen go the other way plenty of times in the past. It feels like the number is too big. It's, what, 11.5? But then I think it's a trap. I think Texas wins and wins by a couple of scores. They get it done. But, yeah, this is just one. Ellinger, where would Texas be without him? I, I don't Where would Tom Herman yeah, be? He wouldn't be in Austin. Tom Herman would be looking for another job right now without him. Yeah. That dude is such a stud. And here's another crazy thing. He'd come back next year. Yeah, I know. It's a free year. Right. It's a free year for everybody. Bama, your thoughts on that Big 12 tilt? I'm, t- I'm, I'm leaning towards Trentless, and I love Gary Patterson. And usually these are the kind of games where you think, okay, he's going to have something uh, for them. But, again, this is such a strange year. Um, they've been down, I, I guess, a couple of years over there. I, I'm – I'm kind of I'm leaning with Trent. If I were if I were to bet this game, I would lay the number at twelve, especially under under the two touchdown limit here. I just think I don't know what it was. Uh, I don't know. You know, they did. Did they come back or did Texas Tech collapse? I, I lean yeah. toward the latter. I right. think Texas Tech just blew that game. Um, I, Tom Herman again. I mean, he, he winds up losing a game, and I thought it was going to be last week. It seems like every year he loses a game he shouldn't. And I think Texas fans are getting kind of tired of that. But this is one, you know, look, they have to win. Okay, if they lose this game, they're like Oklahoma. They're out of the playoff more than likely. Um, you know, we'll see how, how that plays out at the end of the year. But uh, And especially with OU out, this is a game they cannot lose. Um, and I think, they, I think they'll play better at home. I think they cover. Their offense is good enough. I don't know that TCU is going to be able to generate enough offense to really – 
I think TCU is going to need a defensive score, a special teams breakdown, something like that. Texas is going to have to help them for them to win the game. And so I, I'm taking their Longhorns just and laying the 12 if I had to bet it. Got five minutes, fellas. A couple SEC games I want to get to, and then our sneaky good game of the week. It's, it's tough to find a sneaky good game. We need more conferences to be back, and we'll get that coming. <laughs> I got up one. I oh, do, you yeah, I can't wait to hear it. Bama, I don't know. Uh, a and M last week. That was another seven five game at one point. Yeah. Uh, in the SEC, uh, Bama called off the dogs. Uh, is A and M better than last week, Bama? If they are, maybe we get a decent game. If they're not, look out below. Yeah, I don't know where A and M is. Um, Kellen Mond, you know, he he doesn't like confidence. He, he's called himself the best quarterback in the SEC at media days a couple of years ago. Yeah. It has not lived up to that. Uh, this is now what year three of Jimbo Fisher, um, and they, you know, where, where are they overrated again? I guess is is the big question. You're starting to see this. It's on ESPN, you know, on their front page. You know, is A and M overrated again? And then quotes, you know, parentheses again. Um, I I think Alabama's going to come out. Nick Saban was not at all happy with how they finished that game. They basically, you know, we neither was Ken it. Miller. They, I had Alabama and laid the points. Yeah, I did too. Uh, and, and listen, first half it was looking like a kind of a sure thing. Yeah. I laid the twenty-eight and a half or whatever it was, and um, but yeah, they they stopped playing. Yeah. And Nick Saban doesn't like. I don't care who's in the game. I don't care who the opponent is. It's the whole we played our standard thing. He put he put the freshman in early as you kind of have to, and I understand that with the times we're in. But I think if I think Alabama plays a full game, I think they get after Kellen Mond. And I just I, the seventeen and a half might be a little high. You can see a back door, but I don't. I don't think A and M's going to be able to hang very long in this game. I just think Nick Saban has got. He's going to have gotten into their head uh, after last week. Trent, so uh, mentioned on our MediaCom Gambling Show the, earlier this week that first half annuity is back for Alabama. Should have done it last week. And remember, two years ago they won the first half of every single game until the wedding special weekend against the Citadel before the Iron Bowl. And that was finally, it was tied up at 10 in one of the weirdest games ever. But they had run off 10 consecutive wins in the first half. I think that continues here. That point spread I'm staying away with, but I think Alabama gets out a couple of scores early on. They control it. In them, I guess maybe you consider hanging around, but this still feels right in that range. 14 to 21. I think the number is right. Alabama, just the right side. And Saban early on. Boy, his teams are always so good early in the season. Bama, one minute on uh, Old Miss, Kentucky. Terry Wilson, uh, Kentucky's quarterback. I think he's a really good player. I do. Uh, he's coming yeah. off an injury. He's back. I-, I thought Kentucky was pretty good in that football game last week. I watched a lot of it. Uh, your thoughts on this one? And Kiffin and Old Miss scored. Mm-hmm. Didn't yeah. stop anybody. Right. Yeah, this is a classic, you know, uh, contrast of styles because Ole Miss's defense is not very good and Kentucky's offense struggled. Only put up 13, uh, as you mentioned, against Auburn. But, you know, kind of a, I don't want to call it a fluke. I mean, they threw a, you know, a, a pick in the end zone that was returned and then called back, um, you know, for an illegal block. But, but so the play before that, that was an awful call because I thought Kentucky would score and got robbed of a touchdown. It, that's exactly right. Uh, I totally agree with you, and that could have changed the game. Yeah. Could have flipped it, um, you know, right there. But you know, the, I think you know the line is Kentucky minus six. I would be tempted to grab the points in this one just because I think Ole Miss can score. Mm-hmm. They showed it last week in Florida. Again, missing starters, pretty good defense, maybe second, third best defense in that conference. 
and they put up some points on them. Um, Corral can throw. Kiffin is, you know, he's going to have a game plan. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I'd like, I don't know if I like Ole Miss to win outright. I probably do. If I had to take, I would, I would take the money line on Ole Miss if you forced me to. I would definitely grab the points. I just think that they are going to be able to put up enough, and Kentucky is limited enough on offense that, uh, you know, they could, maybe Ole Miss can make a play or two and get out of there with a win. One team's going to, you know, come out of here one and one and feeling decent, and the other one's going to be 0 and 2 and in for a long year. Yeah, you're killing me. I like my cats. You're picking against my cats. Do you have an opinion on that <laughs> game, Trent? pleasure, Ken. Yes, they are. Uh, going to get, I, I'm on Ken's side. I like Kentucky in this spot here. Old Miss, boy, they did so many different things just to hang around and still ultimately couldn't even get the cover there. I think Kentucky's the right side on this one. I'm with Ken. I'm anxious to hear your sneaky good game, Bama. I hope you'd leave mine alone, but uh, it's hard to find one. Um, I found one the 26 NFL scouts are going to be at. What's your sneaky good game, Bama? Well, it's not even on television. No, nah, it's the same one as mine. Oh, uh, no, no, no. Uh, Tallahassee, Florida? No, I couldn't be any further from Fargo, North Dakota. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to go Jacksonville State at Florida State. Really? And I think Florida State has fallen so far off the map that a FCS team wow. that's a really historically a very good FCS team makes the playoffs every year was in the championship game you get a lot of players a lot of transfers from Alabama and Auburn you know that go down a level um listen they I don't think they played this year yet um but <laughs> typically they have a lot of talent on that team and I'm telling you Ken Florida State is bad enough that this game, Jacksonville State, could go into Tallahassee and and give them a go. Uh, sneaky good game, Trent Condon. Let's go to the Deuce, 11 o'clock. A uh, couple of teams that we got to know better. Arkansas State, Coastal Carolina. Supremacy possibly on the line in the Sun Belt there. A couple of good teams, and you get to see the beautiful teal field at mm. Coastal Carolina along oh, with it. Yeah. Get over the Deuce right after. And, uh, yeah, you don't need to watch any SEC early on. Do the Sun Belt. All right. Speaking of not on television, uh, North Dakota State, this is their only game this year. This is Trey Lance's only opportunity. There's 26 NFL scouts going to converge on Fargo, North Dakota tomorrow. Not a sneaky good game, just kind of one of a rarity. Bama, we'll recap it on Monday. Thank you, Bama Bob. Enjoy the weekend. All right, guys. Take care. Always enjoy it. As do we. uh, Talking college football with our friend Bama Bob. Talking Iowa State with our friend Dave Sproul. Cyclones, Sooners, 6.30, Saturday night. The bus has the coverage getting underway at 4.30. Miller and Condon till noon, 1460 KXNO and 106.3 FM. We supply the sports. The beer is up to you. 1460 AM, 106.3 FM. This is K For details. Miller and Condon, welcome back to Moines Sports Station, 1460 KXNO, 106.3 FM. Let's get right to our friend Dave Sproul, KASI, uh, up in Ames, 1430 on the AM dial. The Cyclones play on KASI in Story County. Dave, Trent, and Ken, thanks for coming on. Uh, Dave Sproul, good to talk to you as always. Before we get into the football, uh, Big 12 is going to play some conference tilts. 
uh, coming up. And these games are going to be on campus, according to Matt Norlander, basketball-wise. Mm-hmm. Iowa State will be at home on Tuesday, the 15th of December, K-State. And then they go on the road on Friday to Morgantown to take on West Virginia. So we got a couple of dates that we can put in pen, Big 12, Conference action in December. Sign me up. Yeah, I'll be I'll be ready. I mean, uh, I don't know if they'll be able to get fans into Hilton Coliseum. It appears unlikely at this point. Last comment that Iowa State Athletic Director Jamie Pollard had on that topic was that it would be unlikely that fans would be allowed into Hilton Coliseum at any point during the season. That wow. I suppose could change, but it's an indoor venue. It's a very different situation mm-hmm. from an outdoor venue. But just seeing some some names on the sheets and matchups at least on paper, gets you excited for, for college hoops to get started again. Indeed it is. Well, we're excited for college football this week. Uh, what do you make of this Oklahoma team coming in, limping in, I would guess? they got to be pissed off, if nothing else, that K-State beats them again uh, in a game that looks as though Oklahoma was going to run away with things. Iowa State plays defense, as you know, Dave. We've, we've seen that in a league that doesn't play defense. Iowa State is uh, at the top of that league defensively. Uh, I think that that's going to make for a really fun game on Saturday night. Oklahoma's offense, John Haycock's defense, that, that's got the makings of uh, so, some juicy subplots. Yeah, a really interesting chess match going on there because you have a redshirt freshman quarterback who's super talented, but also kind of, I don't want to be too hard on the kid, but I mean, he kind of wilted a little bit in the yeah. fourth quarter against Kansas State. You, you got to wonder, you know, if, if a guy that young, that inexperienced is, is ready for the pressure of a Big 12 game where the other team is breathing down your neck and you need to make a play. And his numbers really went off a cliff in that fourth quarter when the, the game got tight there with Kansas State. So if Iowa State can keep the pressure up on him, throughout the game and not let him really get loose and, you know, use that big cannon of an arm of his and throw the ball downfield. That'll be a big advantage for Iowa State just to keep him contained and, you know, not let him carry that Sooners offense. Offensive line took such a huge step forward in the second game. Any idea what it was, what was said? Did Campbell let you guys know anything about what led to the turnaround from what we saw against Louisiana compared to against TCU? Uh, you know, Sean Faster actually talked with the media this week, and one thing he talked about was actually the, the offensive line kind of got together after the Notre Dame you know, loss in the bowl game last season and said, listen, we need to have a better attitude about this. We have to be more determined to not let the opponent push us around, and we, we need to be more of a unit. We need to be, uh, you know, together on and off the field. We all need to be on the same page. So they kind of came in with a, a different mindset, and it, it didn't show up as well as you wanted to against Louisiana, but the fractured offseason had a role with that, and the in-game injury to Trevor Downing probably played a role in that, but they were able to spend two weeks probably, you know, Downing was in and out, I'm sure, of practice, but with that, the lineup we saw last Saturday was probably the, the unit that was working together the most during that two-week stretch to get ready uh, for the Big 12 opener in TCU. So now that they've got another week together, Downing still day-to-day, Robert Hudson's still day-to-day. We're all day-to-day. Uh, so we don't know if there are going to be any changes this week. But the, the way that worked, that unit worked together as a unit was really impression, impressive yeah. against DCU. I was impressed by Daryl Simmons, who I'd never seen. We'd, we'd never seen play before. He was a redshirt last year, and he got in there. And Again, I didn't notice the offensive line, which is, which is a good thing. What about Tariq Milton? Any update on him? Uh, you know what? I think he's day-to-day. 
I think that's, that's probably the phrase that uh, Matt Campbell is going to roll out with any injury uh, from here on out. He does not like to tip his hand at all, wants to keep a real tight lid on that kind of thing. So we won't know probably until those guys hit the field for pregame warm-ups at Jack Dray Stadium Saturday night whether they're whether they're in uniform or not. And then even then, we're not entirely sure how healthy they will be exactly. Mm-hmm. Remember uh, Ken and I sitting, though, in different chairs, we were talking leading into the game against Oklahoma. Word's coming down. Uh, there's an injury. <laughs> there's something going on. There is no way you can play Kyle Kemp. The, you you just can't go that direction. And we know what happened as they go down there and upset the Sooners. This team has played so well mm-hmm. against Oklahoma. How important is that belief that not only can we compete, we can win this football game going in? Well, that's something Matt Campbell talked about a bit uh, on Tuesday with, with the media, is specifically going into that 2017 game. was you know the, Not only the belief that you can play and you know hold your own, but the belief you can win. And uh, you can win against elite teams like Oklahoma. And when that gets, you know, that infects your team, so to speak, that's probably a bad word to use. But anyway, when that <laughs> permeates your team, uh, you know, it, it makes a huge difference because uh, so much of it is mental. It's just uh, believing in yourself and knowing that, you know, if you do the right things at the right time, that uh, you, you can compete with anyone. And I, I think that's true for this year's Iowa State team. I think that they have uh, a talent level that's, Maybe they don't have one or two elite guys like an Alan Lazard that just jumps right. off the page as a, a future pro or whatever, but they've, they've got talent just uh, one through 52 or 55 or whatever, you know, how many ever players they use um, that can probably, you know, hold their own with, with a, a team like Oklahoma because outside of Rattler, they, they don't have that running back that they can really carry, mm-hmm. that can really carry them. Charleston Rambles is a really good receiver, but he's not like C.D. Westbrook or C.D. Lamb, yeah. you know. Yeah, he's not quite at that elite level, although he is a, still a threat. Uh, so I, I don't, you know, I don't think the talent gap may be as as deep as you, it was perceived to be in years past between Iowa State and Oklahoma. And even in those years, Iowa State was competitive with the Sooners. You know, you touched on something there with uh, with Lazard, obviously not on this roster. I think there's a somebody of this wide receiver group. I believe has to emerge uh, coming up here, and hopefully it's as soon as a Saturday night. Hutchinson's been the the go to guy so far. We've seen Acres get his opportunity with Milton out. Skates made a hell of a play. Uh, Wilson's made has, uh, made a nice has scored a nice touchdown the other day. I wonder who that receiver is going to be that that emerges not in a tight end but of the wideouts. Which one do you think is going to be the one that becomes Purdy's guy or takes that step and separates himself from the rest of the talent in the in the wide receiver room? I think I'll give a bit of an edge to Xavier Hutchinson just because uh, he was he's been able to get on the field a lot at least as a junior college and I know it's an entirely different level. Uh, in the Big 12, but he's played a lot of football, and he he's a guy that Purdy has seemed to look to a lot already this season, as much as Purdy does like to spread the ball around. I think, uh, you know, Sean Shaw and Joe Skates certainly are talented guys. Darren Wilson, yep. as you said, made, made a big play. Uh, but it, if I got to pick a guy to really break out in the near future, as soon as tomorrow, uh, I would probably put my money on Xavier Hutchinson. We will uh, talk to you on Monday after Matt Campbell's teleconference. We'll recap this and take a look ahead to the week to, uh, the week to come. Thank you, Dave Sproul. Appreciate it. You bet. My pleasure. Good to talk to you, Dave Sproul. K-A-S-I in Ames 1430 on the AM dial. 1430 on the AM dial. Cyclones play on K-A-S-I in County. Which one of the receivers to you has the... I'm glad you brought up Sean Shaw. I didn't mention yeah. him, but he clearly deserves... He might be the one. Skates? Skates is the guy that he's just 
continually been talked about on and on and on. Flash for a moment. Uh-huh. Add the big play and you can yeah. you can see it. That was oh, a big what play. it is. Consistency hands. Because we're not going Matt Campbell's not because well, you know, he he's got trouble with the drops. Right. We're not going to hear something like that. Or he he breaks off his routes to it. You're not going to hear that. Because the talent the talent is there. Mm-hmm. He just looks the part out there. Give him the ball. Uh, let's do this, Trent. Let's give our four of our listeners an opportunity to win some barbecue at Claxons. We'll take the first four calls at 284-5966, 284-5966. If you're getting a ringing, that means you are in. Claxons Barbecue. We'll give you four games. You give us four answers. If you get the most right, $35 runner-up, 25 Claxons giveaway next. Miller and Condon, 1460. KXNO106. In West Des Moines. All right, welcome back. Miller and Condon, Des Moines Sports Station, 1460 KXNO, 106.3 FM. Time to give Ryan, Brent, Matt, and Austin an opportunity to win $35 worth of barbecue from our friends at Claxon's. The runner-up gets $25. Claxon, BBQ.com, Claxon, BBQ.com for the menus, the hours, etc., etc. In business, about 25 years in Altoona. We've got four games and a tiebreaker. Let's get right to it. Ryan is up first. Hello, Ryan. How are you? Good. How about you? Doing well, thanks. The Colts are a two-and-a-half-point favorite at the Bears. Taking the Bears. Houston is a four-and-a-half-point favorite as they will host the Vikings. I will take the Vikings. Kansas City gives seven-and-a-half to the visiting New England Patriots. I'll take the Patriots. MNF Green Bay gives seven-and-a-half to Atlanta. Green Bay. And here's the tiebreaker, Ryan. Closest without going over. Total points. Oklahoma, Iowa State tomorrow night. 62. Ryan, have a good weekend. Thank you. Thank you. Brent is with Miller and Condon. Hi, Brent. Hello. Uh, Colts, two and a half point favorite over the Bears. Bears. Texans, four and a half over the Vikings. Texans. Chiefs, seven and a half over the Patriots. Chiefs. Packers, seven and a half over Atlanta. Atlanta. Tiebreakers, Sooners, Clones, total points, closest without going over tomorrow night. 48. Brent, have a good weekend. Thank you. You too, thanks. Thank you. Uh, Matt is uh, with us. Hi, Matt. Hey, how we doing? Doing fine. Uh, Colts are a two-and-a-half-point favorite over the Bears. Hey, quick question. Do I have to do I have to do do I have to include uh, do, do I have to go right on points or just straight up? No, well the point spread. You've got to use point spread. Okay. Colts two and a half uh, at Bears. The Taking the Colts. Tech uh Houston, four and a half over the Vikings. Uh I'll take Minnesota. Chiefs give seven and a half to the Patriots. That's a lot of points. Um yep. I'll take I'll take the Patriots. All right. Green Bay, seven and a half to Atlanta. I'll, I'll take Green Bay. And then total points, uh, Oklahoma, Iowa State tomorrow night's the tiebreaker. Closest without going over, Matt. Uh, I'll say 68. Have a good weekend, Matt. Thank you. All right, thank you. And uh, Austin brings Claxons to a close for another week. Hi, Austin. Hey, how's it going? Good. Uh, Colts, two-and-a-half-point favorite over Chicago. Uh, Chicago. Houston, four-and-a-half over the Vikings. 
Houston. Chiefs, seven and a half over the Patriots. Ah, uh, Chiefs. And Packers give seven and a half to Atlanta. Atlanta. Total points, Oklahoma, Iowa State, closest without going over is the tiebreaker. What are the what are the guesses so far? The sixties and forties, I think. Yeah, sixty two, sixty eight, and forty eight. Oh, uh, we'll go 69. Thank you, Austin. Have a good weekend. Nice pick. Thanks. You like that, do you, Trent? You think Austin's onto something? All right. We shall see. Well, um, I'm going to go on a limb here and say I wouldn't listen to my picks at all. I oh. hated this week. Yeah? I came in last week with a bounce in my steps. Yes. I thought I was going to sweep the board. Went 3-2, and two, which was good enough to... Get the honors in this comment. Uh, Two and three is all I got. Uh, but I hate my picks this week. I, I hated the <laughs> hate, slate. Hate the I did. picks this week. I did. I had trouble finding five games to put on the docket. So here they are. For what they are worth, I like Seattle. They go across the country to take on Miami. Miami's not very good. I think Seattle's the best team in the NFC. Is it a letdown? I hope not. Less than a touchdown. Give me the Seahawks. Pick number one. Pick number two. Cleveland, Dallas. Dallas has no defense. Zip, nada, none. Cleveland's defense at least has a pulse. I'm going to take the points in this football game. Get four and a half. Cleveland at Dallas. Give me uh, the Brownies uh, plus four and a half. Give me TCU plus 12 over to Texas. I, I don't know what to expect out of Texas. I know this team cannot play defense. At least they couldn't against Texas Tech. Bowman lit them up. Seems like too many points for me. TCU plus 12. Uh, I'll take uh, Kentucky. My Wildcats getting six and a half against Ole Miss. Yes, please. Kentucky plus six and a half. And my best bet of the week, because I had to pick one. I like North Carolina over Boston College. Boston College beat Duke, which isn't very good. North Carolina's been a while since they've played. I think North Carolina might be the best, second best team uh, in the ACC. My best bet, North Carolina, minus 13.5. Trent? All right, let's take it away with a couple of college games to kick it off. I mentioned talking to Bama, Florida, welcoming in South Carolina. Gamecocks, tough loss at home against Tennessee. I think this number is just way too high. This is more of a spread that should be in that two-touchdown range. You're getting 17.5 or 18, depending on where you're shopping. Grab Carolina, the Gamecocks. I will grab the 17.5. Game number two, my only favorite of the weekend. It is a big one. Cincinnati, 21-point favorite against South Florida. If you saw South Florida against Notre Dame, you know how bad this team is. Cincinnati's great defensively. I don't think the Bulls get to 200 yards of total offense here. Lay the 21 with confidence and take the Bearcats in pick number two. To the NFL we go. Couple of dogs here. I said it all week. I love New England in this spot. I love Belichick in this spot. I am going to do it. I'm going to grab that touchdown and the Patriots with my third pick. Pick number four will go with the Vegas Raiders at home. Home dogs. Woof woof. Plus three and a half against Buffalo going cross country. And we finish it up with my best bet of the week. It is Arkansas. Yes, the what? Razorbacks getting 18. Let down spot for Mississippi State after the huge win a week ago. And you see this a lot with leech coach teams. Letdowns mm-hmm. after big spots. I think you're going to see another one here. Arkansas with Felipe Franks. They'll do enough offensively at least to keep up here. Grab the big number, the 18 with the Razorbacks, my best bet of the week. Them, the Raiders, and Patriots in the NFL. Cincinnati in the college game, along with South Carolina. 
as I hold on to a slim lead and try to keep my head above 500, 8 and 7 on the year. Yeah, we both stink. We really do. All right. Football Friday night coming up tonight, 6 30 to 11. Joe Stacy, Josh Loffel, Holson Company. Then the Dragons and the Hawks will play. Trent's got that. Uh, game coming up at 11 o'clock. Murph and Andy at 2, the Fanatics at 4, and tomorrow morning. Emery Songer, Sean Roberts. Despondent, I'm going to guess. I'm wondering. It'll be 48 hours after they got beat, their White Sox got beat. But the boys will be on the air tomorrow at 8 o'clock. Emery's got a long day. Him and Heather Burnside. Cyclone sound off on WHO. They start at midnight tomorrow. Start. Start. Not end. Midnight to 1 o'clock. They will take your calls on Iowa State and Oklahoma. Burnside and Songer and Cyclone sound off. Have a, a celebra- weekend. A celebratory mood for Cyclone Sound. I think it's a close game, Trent. Yeah. I really do. Have a great weekend, everybody. 1460 KXNO, 106.3 FM.